0: One of the most often quoted passages of Scripture comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, and verse 16. It's a passage that's referred to as the golden text of the Bible. It's the passage that talks about God and God's love for the world. It says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know, that's something we like to talk about. We need to talk about it more in our preaching and our teaching, and that is the love of God. We need to emphasize that. And we emphasize also that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and bind up those that are wounded. And oftentimes we preach sermons and we tell other people about the compassionate and loving nature of Jesus Christ. And we like to talk about Jesus. And we often like to refer to Jesus as the gentle Jesus, meek and mild. But folks, there is another side to the character of our Lord. Because you see, Jesus Christ, my Lord, is a multifaceted individual. And it's that different aspect of Jesus I want us to think about this morning. Mark chapter 3 and verse 5 shows us a picture of Jesus that brings a surprise to most people. And not only does that passage bring a surprise to most people, it's actually a positive shock. When you think of Jesus, you you think of the way artists have pictured Him. And you see Jesus as His arms are outstretched and He's gathering little children into His arms to bless them. Or you think about the words of Jesus and you hear Him sitting on a well curb in Samaria talking to an outcast Samaritan woman. Telling this woman about the things of God And as we listen, we hear Jesus tell this bit of damaged goods that she can have a spring inside of her. A spring that will meet all of her needs for time and eternity. And those images, the image of Jesus and the little children and the Jesus with the woman of Samaria, those are altogether fitting and proper. They're pictures of Jesus that are pleasing to us. But in our text, we see the same gracious man with cheeks aflame with anger. We see Jesus with eyes flashing fire. Here's what it says. And when he had looked round about on them with anger. Now, to us, that seems a bit out of character, doesn't it? That seems a bit out of character for the gentle Jesus, meek and mild. It seems a bit out of character for the man that opens his arms and embraces the little children. The man that speaks kindly to the woman of Samaria as they sit on the well curb. And you might ask, Does this Anger of the Lord take us so by surprise to be blunt straightforward anger is not something that has a sterling and untarnished reputation the ancient greeks and romans nowhere listed anger among the desirable virtues When Paul named the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5, Paul said, now the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then when he starts to mention all the characteristics of that love, that's the fruit of the Spirit, Paul nowhere mentioned anger. Jesus in the Beatitudes, He talks about blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. But nowhere in the Beatitudes does Jesus say, Blessed are the angry. And anger, folks, that is not something that is necessarily distinctively human. Now make no mistake about it. Everyone can become angry. It is not a mark of distinction beasts can also become angry I read one time of an old schoolmaster who strongly believed in the study of Latin and Greek and he gave special attention to it well it seems one day a quite rugged man came in to see the headmaster And this quiet, rugged man that came in to see the headmaster, he strenuously objected to his son making a study of Latin and Greek. And In a very heated way, he told the headmaster of the school, he said, I don't want my son learning Greek and Latin. I want my son to have a practical education. Headmaster, okay. I want my son to know practical things. I want him to know how to milk a cow. And the headmaster agreed. He said, I also want my son to know how to milk a cow. But I also want him to know how to do some things a calf can't do better. You see, that's the way it is with anger. Any beast can get angry. Having a quick and fiery temper is not necessarily something to be proud of. There are certain beasts that have a quick and fiery temper. Well, I've seen gentle, docile house cats get really angry just because you might pull their tail. I've read of elephants turning on their trainers And they're not usually given medals, they're usually shot. Every one of us can get angry. So can beasts. And so can reptiles. A high capacity for anger is not necessarily a mark of distinction among men. Brilliant sons of genius can become angry. Are you listening? So can morons. Wise and saintly gray-headed men can get angry. So can six-week-old babies. Have you ever seen an infant get angry? Now you think about this. If the average baby had strength in proportion to the fierceness of his anger. Few mothers would ever live to see that sweet little angel get to be a year old. Anger is not something to be boastful about. And so this anger of Jesus, this anger of Jesus comes as a bit of a surprise to us. The average garden variety of anger doesn't have a high batting average in our daily lives. And it doesn't take a lot of reflection on that to understand why it's that way. When we blow up, we blow up. We don't as a general rule say, "I got I got angry." Do we? When we when we blow up, what do we say? I got mad. That actually describes our conduct more accurately. Most folks, there might be exceptions, I don't think I've ever actually met one of them in person. But most folks, when they get angry, are less than sane. Reason is pushed aside. Love is shown the door. And we do senseless things we would not do if we were not acting outrageously. Anger does not have a high rating in the Bible. Paul was a man with a fiery temper. There's an occasion recorded for us in Acts chapter 23 where Paul's temper got out of control in a very conspicuous way. A certain high priest had ordered Paul to be slapped. And when this high priest ordered Paul to be slapped, Paul burned with hot indignation. And Paul responded to the man and he said, God shall strike you, you whitewashed wall. Well, a little later, Paul recovered himself and apologized. From his own experience... Paul learned the wisdom of that word from the Psalms. Be angry and sin not. That last word is added because anger often gives birth to sin. Anger is something that can often cause us to break off diplomatic relations with our fellow man. Anger causes us to fret, puff up and pout. It causes some folks sometimes to just break completely with the church that they deeply love. And more often than not when that happens folks never just never seem to find their way back. But in spite of these charges against anger, we look at this book and we face the fact that Jesus Christ sometimes blazed with hot, fiery indignation. How can that be? In spite of its many dangers and defects, anger can be a virtue instead of a vice. And it is in that respect akin to money. People talk about money sometimes. Well, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not an evil in itself. Money is power. And rightly used, it can do a great deal of good and wrongly used, it can do endless harm. The same thing is true of anger, folks. Anger is power. An angry individual often dare and do what they would not do without their anger. And when we read in the Bible about the anger of Jesus, the anger of Jesus was right. Not simply because it was Jesus' anger. It was right in itself. And it was right because Jesus himself was right. I think Simon Peter was telling a sober truth when he said of Jesus he knew no sin. Jesus urged every individual to pray For forgiveness. And yet, though he was so sensitive to sin, not once, not once did Jesus have to ask to be forgiven. Have you ever thought about anger? Have you ever thought about what makes us angry as individuals? What makes you angry? What makes me angry? The answer to that question tells us what type of person we are. What angered Jesus? Let's look briefly at the three events that filled Jesus with flaming anger. There's that day we read about in our text. Jesus is going into the synagogue. And he met a man with a heavy handicap. One of his hands was withered. Dr. Luke tells us in his gospel account that it was his right hand. That day and time so far off, that had no place for the physically unfit. The handicap in, in that day and time were driven to be beggars but Jesus was eager to do something for this man Jesus was eager to give this man a chance Jesus was longing for the opportunity to make this man a giver instead of a getter now on the surface you'd think well everyone would agree with Jesus on that But there were certain religionists of that day that did not agree with Jesus. They thought far more of their petty rules and their regulations than they did of giving this man a chance. So they actually dared Jesus to heal him. And what happened? We're told that Jesus looked upon them with anger. And it was an anger that scorched and blistered and burned. Whenever any man or woman is robbed of his or her chance in life, the anger of Jesus burns against the evil that robs them of their chance. Then there's another occasion. This is another occasion when Jesus went into the temple. Jeremiah tells us, the temple was to be the house of prayer for all nations. But that day when Jesus went there, prayer was next to impossible. It was almost completely drowned out by the pandemonium of the buyers and the sellers that had gathered there in the temple. There were those there that shrieked at each other over the price of cattle and sheep for sacrifice. And equally shocking was the shrieking of the money changers and their victims whom they were seeking to cheat. Jesus saw all that. And at the sight of all of that, Jesus became intensely angry. And not only did Jesus become intensely angry, He went into action. In fact, that's when Jesus did one of the most shocking things of His entire ministry. He took a scourge. And He drove the frightened cattle and the buyers and the sellers out of the temple. It angered him that souls were being robbed in the name of God. He said, it's written, my father's house will be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. You see, what happened that day is robbing men and women of their right to meet God, it filled Jesus with a holy anger. Then there was an occasion when... Some of Jesus' misguided friends got in the way of little children whose mothers were bringing them to Jesus. Their mothers were bringing them to Jesus to be blessed. And Jesus' friends were saying, He's got a lot on His mind. He's got a lot to do. Don't bother Him with this. And we read that when Jesus saw it, He was indignant. So tender was the love of Jesus for those children that He made the declaration, it would be better to be drowned in the sea with a millstone around one's neck than to cause a little one to go wrong. Folks, the anger of Jesus was righteous anger. It was anger that was right. Because you see, the anger of Jesus was never something born out of self-love. Jesus never blazed with anger because of some insult or injury directed against Himself. You remember what Peter wrote in later years about the amazing character of Jesus? He said when He was reviled, reviled not again. In our language, that means that when folks did something to Jesus, He didn't try to get even with them. Now Peter, Peter on the other hand, you read about the life of Peter, and Peter is the apostle. He was the apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. He's also the apostle that has flammable written all over him. And he could never cease to marvel at this characteristic of Jesus. Have you ever thought about how different this is to the attitude that most of us have? Jesus never got angry at a wrong that was done to himself. Now if we were to sit down and think about it folks, Most of us seldom get angry on any other grounds than that. Most times folks in our world today can look calmly alone uh, with quiet eyes as might triumphs over right. It's only when they are wrong themselves that they blame. The anger of Jesus always led to helpful action. Now, you know James said, Confess your faults one to another. So I'll confess right here, right now. When I get angry... I usually want to strike back at the person that angered me. Are you listening? I would be so bold right now as to state I'm not the only person in this room that has that attitude. That's the way we're made, that's what we have to overcome. That wasn't the case with Jesus. Jesus had a longing down deep inside His soul to give both the wronged and the wrongdoer a chance. When Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple, when He drove the cattle out of the temple, when Jesus cleansed the temple that day, He was seeking no less To help those who were doing the cheating, than he was to help those who were being cheated. Jesus cleansed the temple on Monday. On Friday of that same week, he went to the cross to die for the robbers and the robbed. The anger of Jesus was born of a right motive. What about our anger? The Bible tells us there are four different kinds of anger. There's sudden anger, anger that must be brought under control. There's sinful anger, anger that must be condemned. There's stubborn anger, anger that must be conquered. And there's righteous anger. The anger of Jesus. That's the anger we must have. That's the anger that must be channeled in the right direction. Remember Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. Be angry and sin not. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe. An infusion of anger is what the church of the first century needs, 21st century needs. Maybe that's what we need today is an infusion of anger. to become angry at the corruption of the world, to become angry at the forces of evil, to become angry at the millions of abortions that are performed every year. To become angry at the increase in crime and murder and rape. To become angry at the abuse of alcohol and drugs in our society. To become angry. Angry enough to want to do something about it because there are millions of people dying and going to their grave every day and passing to God in judgment without Jesus Christ in their lives. Angry. Angry. With those who would try in a positive way to harm the body of Christ. We need to be angry. Angry with a sanctified anger, a holy anger, anger that's channeled in the right direction. So be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't allow the devil to get a foothold in your life. We must channel our anger in a righteous way to accomplish victories for Jesus. Are you following Jesus? Are you following his example? Are you living this kind of life? Or are there changes that need to be made? Now is the time and the opportunity to make those changes as we stand and while we sing.